0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear very exciting. Uh, it's been a, n- a number of years in the making writing this book, and it is the official launch day of it today, and it is for sale in uh, all our campuses and in all our services today, and you can grab yourself a copy of it. Uh, it's going to be in both our exits. If you're online, there were, a link will come up now to the website where you can buy it, uh, but I have a free copy to give away today. Who wants it? Who wants it? I saw that hand right at the back, you're, like so fast. you was like... Oh. I want that book. Awesome! Oh, Can't put your hands together, team. So good. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. It's a great book. Just you know, really discovering the grace of God uh, and how it is enough for us. And I want to encourage you, ladies, uh, get yourself a copy. I've read it, guys. It's just as helpful. for the dude. So uh, grab a copy, grab one for friends. Uh, Just awesome. And it's so cool to be able to uh, bring a resource that's from within this house uh, and to be able to get it out into the world. So really encourage you to grab it. Uh, She's done an awesome, awesome job. Thank you also, everybody, for your patience, especially the Botany Campus. Uh, Just thank you for your patience with all the building work and the stuff that's going on. I know the car park is a nightmare today. Uh, You know, there's still a whole bunch of stuff that isn't yet done. Uh, There's lighting still to go in here. There's all kinds of stuff that still needs to happen Uh, so we're in that sort of awkward stage it's like when you cut your hair and then you're waiting for it to grow out again so there's a there's an ugly six months it's like not, nothing you do, you gotta wear a hat, gotta wear headbands, like it's just the only thing you can do. So we're just in that season right now, and uh, so soon enough, it's gonna be absolutely awesome. Welcome online, you guys are awesome, so good to have you with us here this morning, uh, wherever you are in from, and uh, yeah, it we're was, it was, it was so glad to start this new series. We, we are starting a new series called Culture Shift, and uh, this message I'm doing today is called The Culture Shift Gospel, you know, with all the political correctness, and the ideologies, and the dominant kind of uh, messages that are going around in, in our culture right now, in our society, uh, the challenge is, if we're not careful, as the culture shifts around us, that that culture can start to permeate the gospel, they can start to permeate our faith, and we can begin to start living a gospel that's more like the gospel of culture than it is the gospel of Jesus, And what I want to do today is I want to explore a couple of foundations that the gospel of culture is kind of built on, and I want to challenge us to be aware of that, but my heart is to bring us back to the truth of the Word. Our only firm foundation, our only sure footing, our only plumb line is the Word of God. So I want to come back to that, because as a church, we want to build our lives not on a shifting culture. It's a terrible foundation to build our lives on the truth of God's Word. Does that sound good today, church? All right, here's my, a couple of thoughts. The first one is this. The gospel of culture is built on feelings. It's built on feelings. Our culture right now, in the world around us, puts a huge amount of weight and substance and authority on feelings. Like how you feel is really, like really big in the economy of culture. And if you were to read the gospel of culture, here are some verses that you might find. Your feelings will set you free follow your feelings if it feels good it must be true if it feels good do it how you feel is most important now can I suggest to you church today that your feelings are actually a really poor indicator of truth they are a very poor leader in your life, and they are an extremely poor foundation to build your life on. I had, this, this summer, I had one of my own kind of um, Hollywood movie inspirational conversation, rally the troops moments with my son. You know that, like, those moments like, like, like William Wallace and Braveheart rallying the Scots in the field of Bannockburn against the English. For those who grew up in the 80s and 90s, there was the, the Coach Gordon Bombay with the Mighty Ducks against Iceland in the Junior World Games. I had one of those moments. Now there's a bunch of people who got that and there's a whole bunch of people going, what is he talking about? So my, my son, my eldest son, uh, Judah, he does athletics. He's a good little runner. And um, he was doing athletics uh, this summer. and. It was a club night and he was supposed to be racing. And, and, and he, he's run for a number of years and he does really well. But over the last little while, he started to get really anxious about racing, really anxious about running. And we were at this club night and, and I saw him. He was sitting on the ground with his like, head in his knees, just sitting there. And um, he was really anxious. Like, see, he was really worked up. And I was like, buddy, what's up? What's wrong? And he's like, I don't feel well, Dad, I don't feel good, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't think I can race, I've got a headache, and I'm just, I, I want to go home. I'm like, there's more here, there's more going on here. So I said, buddy, like, tell me what's going on, what's really happening. Is this, is, are you not feeling well, or is this, are you, like, really nervous about running? Are you, are you a bit anxious about racing? And so we unpacked it, and he was like, Dad, I'm just, I'm really anxious that I'm not going to do well. I'm really worried that I'm not gonna run well. I'm gonna, it's gonna be bad and I'm gonna feel terrible and I'm, and, and I'm just really, I just really don't wanna run. I don't wanna run. And so th- th- this is my Hollywood moment. This is, this is where it comes right now. So I said to him, okay, buddy, that's cool. That's fine. Like, it's okay to feel like that. And if you really want to, you don't have to run. Like, I'll take you home. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to, to feel bad. Like, but I, I will take you home and you don't have to run. But here's, before we do that, here's what we need to say. I said, right now, that feeling is taking control. And if you don't run tonight, if you don't race, that's okay, you can make that decision, but what's gonna happen is that feeling's gonna get stronger. And the next time we come back to the track, that feeling's gonna be there, but it's gonna be even worse, and it's gonna be stronger. And if you let that feeling lead you right now, it's only gonna get worse, and it's gonna get harder and harder for you to run. I said, if you choose to run tonight though, know this, your race today, your competition is not the other boys on the track, your competition is that feeling. Like if you, if someone's gonna win today, either you're gonna win or that feeling is gonna win. That's the competition tonight. So I said to him, "So, buddy, who's gonna win?" And he looks at me in the eyes and he goes, "Me." <laughs> oh my God, that was a, Write that down. That's a Hollywood script. He went out, ran to the start line, he ran his race, he enjoyed the night. Friends, if you allow your feelings to lead you, they will take you places you don't want to go. If you let your feelings lead you, they will take you places that are contrary to the Word of God for your life. Feelings are a poor foundation, and I know right now this world is like it's feelings, it's all feelings. No, it's not all feelings. Often, listen, I know, like I'm a pastor, but I often feel like sinning, and it's a shock to you because you're like perfect Christians. You guys, I never have those feelings. I never want to do that. So uh, often, like I don't feel like preaching. Like how, how many people have a job in their life where the majority of your week you spend doing something and you stand up in front of thousands of people and go, this is what I did this week. And everyone goes, that's all right. <laughs> like sometimes I don't feel like doing it. Sometimes I don't feel loved. Sometimes I don't feel like God hears me. Sometimes I don't feel like God loves me. Sometimes I don't feel like God is near me and God is with me. But especially in your faith, here's what we're got to know. Write this down. What I feel is not nearly as important as what I know. In your faith, especially, don't let culture shift you. What I feel is not nearly as important as what I know. The gospel of culture may be built on feelings, but the gospel of Jesus is built on truth. Our faith and our life is not built on feelings, it's built on truth. John fourteen six. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't want to live my truth. I don't want to live my hashtag, your truth, my truth, whatever truth. I want to live the truth. I want to know the truth, and I want to follow the truth, and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. John eight thirty one. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Now listen, we love the last part of this verse and we use it a lot, it's like our go-to thing, but we forget that the, the last part hangs on the first part. If you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. If you live within my framework, if you live within my structure, if you hold to my precepts, if you do this life the way I am designing it and calling you to live, then you know the truth and then the truth sets you free. I remember at uni, I studied five years to get a four-year degree at uni and I said no no (laughs) thank you for your laughter makes me feel great and I studied physical education and uh I didn't teach a day in my life I came straight out of that four year five years to get a four-year degree and came straight into ministry so I'm believing that that whole five years was for this story (laughs) this is the most I've used the degree (laughs) I was at uni and uh, uh our lecturer got us in this big gymnasium, it was like the size of this room. And, and he was like, okay, we're gonna play a game. We've got two teams, we're gonna play this game. And he gave us like two rules. That was like, all you have to do in this game is get this to here, that was, that was the game. And so we're like, sweet. And we started off and it was heaps of fun, but then it just went chaotic. Because, like, we didn't have any framework. It was just like, do whatever to get this done. It's, it got violent. Like, like, like people were people hurting each other. It was just because there was no framework. And it, would just, it was fun for about three minutes, and then it just turned to chaos. And then the lecturer comes in, he steps in, and he says, okay, guys, look, I'm going to add some rules. I'm going to add some framework. I'm going to add some structure, and then you've got to play within those things. And as soon as he did that, the freedom of play within that structure got better. The game got better. It was enhanced because there was a framework and a structure around it. The presence of rules didn't restrict the game; it enhanced it. And there was freedom of play because of the framework. And in today's culture, it will say to you that following your feelings to the ultimate end, whatever that is, is the ultimate freedom. Like you just follow your feelings wherever you want to go. That's freedom. That's what freedom really is. But freedom is not following your feelings. Freedom is about following truth. See, it's within the framework of truth that you experience real freedom. See, there are times when I, like I said, when I feel like God doesn't love me feel like I'm unloved by God. But remember, what I feel is not nearly as important as what I know. And although I may not feel loved, I know according to the truth of God's word that I am loved that God loves me with an everlasting love, that he died for me for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That is my foundation of truth. I may not feel like God loves me, but guess what? I don't care about that. What I know to be true is that God loves me. I may not feel like being generous today, but I know the truth of how God's called me to live is to be generous. I may not feel like God is near me, but his word teaches me that he is the one that says, closer than a brother, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me i stand not on what i feel i stand on truth in a shifting culture that wants you to rely on your feelings for navigating life don't build your life on feelings build on truth here's a question in my where in my life am i building on feelings rather than truth maybe there's an area of your life right now where you're like man i'm just i'm just a slave to my feelings I'm living my life out of that place. No, build it on truth. The second thing is this. The second thought I have is this. The gospel of culture is built on compromise. It's built on compromise. Compromise can actually be a really good thing. Like compromise in a relationship is really important. Like anyone who's been married for any length of time will tell you that compromise in your marriage is is important for a healthy and you know, growing and loving marriage is you've got to compromise some stuff. Like my wife and I, we, we, we've learned this lesson and we like to watch movies. And so like, I will sit down and watch a movie. I'm like, babe, I want to watch an action movie. Let's watch an action movie where stuff blows up. Let's, let's watch that. And she's like, I want to watch a romantic comedy. So then we compromise and we watch a romantic comedy. It's, it's like, some of you young men need to write that down. That's like... The most powerful word of the Lord for you today. It's that simple. It's easy to compromise. But compromising your faith is a really unstable foundation. Compromising your faith is a really unstable foundation. The, the gospel of culture would read something like this Blessed are those who compromise on moral issues when convenient. If you love me, keep my suggestions. You better find these good, because I spent ages working on these. Do whatever makes you happy. Take up your preferred version of your life and follow me. I have come that you may have happiness and sin without guilt. I'll post these up on our Facebook later so you can keep them. You know, growing up, my mom uh, was super loving. My mom's amazing, and she got, like, I'm a twin, so she had twin boys, so please pray for my mom. But uh, she might even be online. She loves it when I tell stories. Hi, mom. Uh, and uh, she was really loving. But you know, I grew up and my mom was loving but firm. Like, don't cross mum. And, and like, there's a thing called mom strength. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I'm real tough. Mom grabs you like, you're strong. You're really strong mom, like, you know, mom strength. And uh, my mom would like say, hey, she would often uh, want me to do something. So she would say, Stephen, that's my name. It's not Steve, it's Stephen with a PH. Stephen. Stephen, I want you to clean your room. Stephen, you should clean your room. I soon learned that wasn't a suggestion. Because, like many of you, I grew up in a house where the wooden spoon wasn't just for stirring soup. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of millennials in the room going, What? They hit you? Didn't you know your rights? (laughs) Why don't you just call the police? Because by the time the police got there, there's a lot of time that elapses. In a culture right now that, that celebrates and elevates you doing whatever makes you happy and living without judgment and without moral conscience, that culture, if we're not careful, can creep into our faith and shape how we live for Jesus. And and, and I want to preach just for a minute to the church people right now. I want to preach to the Christian. I know there's people in this room who you're you're, you're seeking God, you're seeking Jesus, people online on the Facebook that are, you know, you're looking, you're exploring, and that's cool. I want to speak to the church people right now. I want to say this Sexual purity isn't a suggestion, it's not. Forgiveness, forgiving other people, is not a suggestion. Loving your neighbor isn't a suggestion. Being in the world, not of it, isn't a suggestion. Being committed to a community isn't a suggestion. There are things in the Word of God that aren't suggestions but if we let culture come in it will start to change us and we will start to live a life on compromise rather than truth see right now and this is a concern for me i'm concerned that in the culture we are in if we let it creep into our faith we're going to create a generation of christians who view the word of god more like suggestions rather than directions we're going to have a generation who want heaven but no discipleship they want salvation but not a savior they want grace but no truth Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 16, 24. Come up on the screen. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Not take up the preferred version of your life, not live for your own preference and your own wants and your own desires or whatever makes you happy or go whichever way you wanna go or let culture shift you and shape you and do whatever you wanna do. No, 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 you gotta deny yourself. Like, I died to me. I want this. No, I die to that. I deny that because God has something else for me. God has better for me. So I deny me and I take up my cross. There's a cost. There's a cost to following Jesus. You can't have heaven without discipleship. There's a cost to following Jesus. I deny myself and I take up that cross and I follow Jesus. The gospel isn't built on compromise. It's built on conviction. Conviction. Band, you guys can come and join me. I love this story of Daniel, Daniel chapter one. One of my favorite, I guess, Bible characters is Daniel. And I love this in Daniel one verse eight says this, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Daniel had a conviction. Daniel determined. Before Daniel had even smelt the meat that came out, you know, like the smell of a nicely, beautifully cooked, medium rare, I fill it with just the right amount of seasoning. Before that came by and you've got the smell. You know, like, you, know, you know what it smells are like when you're hungry? It's like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever smelled in my life. Like when you're going for a walk at about 5.30 at night and listen, I love, like Indian homes, we know where you live. Because <laughs> when we walk, by, walking the dog at five, oh my Lord what is that well, you know, like you've got a fan that wafts it you're like KFC I can smell you from a kilometer away your home is amazing before that had even passed by his nostrils like no no I've made a decision I have a conviction before it even seen the richness of that central Otago Pinot Noir I know you guys don't understand because you're Christians but that, 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 that some <laughs> for the for the unsaved online you know they, they might I'm trying to relate He made a decision. He determined. There was a conviction. Have you ever gone food shopping hungry? It's a bad decision. Bad decision. Man, I went, like, literally, like, four or five days ago, I went food shopping hungry. I was on the verge of hangry. You're so hungry, you're angry. I was hungry, man. I went food shopping. I did the food shop. I came home. Big said, how'd you go? I said, baby, I messed up. I messed up. Like, I bought so much stuff. I bought everything. I'm walking through the aisles. I need that. Yes, I need that too. I'm Like everything was appealing. So I, I, I came with bags. Ba- I said, babe, I messed up so bad. I went hungry. I'm so sorry. Like I just, I bought junk and I try and look after it, like with good food and try and eat well. I bought everything I'm not supposed to eat. Like everything. And then and I spent way too much money. Like I blew the budget on what I bought. I say this to say this. If we aren't full of conviction, we will fill ourselves with compromise. And the price tag of compromise is always more than we bargain for. I'll say it again. If we aren't full of conviction, we will fill ourselves with compromise and the price tag of compromise is always more than we bargain for. Unless you have a conviction of who God is, the authority of His word, the truth of who we are in Him and who, how He's called us to live, you will continue to build a life of compromise and convenience rather than conviction. Can I say, it's not always convenient to follow Jesus. It's not, it's not always convenient to show up to church. It's not always convenient to give and to love and to serve and be generous. It's not always convenient for me to give of myself and deny myself and and follow after Jesus. It's not always convenient to stand for truth in your workplace. It's not always convenient, but I've determined. I've got a conviction of how God's called me to live. I've got a conviction of the truth of his word. I've got a conviction of what I stand on and I'll build my life on that, not on the compromise of convenience. Here's a question I have for you guys. Ask yourself this, is there an area where I am living in compromise rather than conviction? I'm convinced, friends, I'm convinced that God is real, that God's word is true, that his precepts are right, that his foundation is the best and most firm and most true foundation to build my life on, that I will live my life according to his words because in that I find life and life in all its fullness and life eternal. I believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. I believe that he's called his church, the bride of Christ, to shine his light to this world. I believe with the conviction in my heart that he's called us to live a way that is honoring to him, that is holy, that is just, is filled with grace and mercy and truth. Friends, I have a conviction. Get a conviction for your life or you'll fill yourself on compromise. Can I pray for you, church? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word, for your grace, for your truth. I thank you for every person that is here in this room today, every person that's come, to be part of this service and those who are in the room and those online, Lord, I just thank you for them. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us to be a people whose lives are not built on feelings. Lord, our feelings can lead us all kinds of places. Our feelings are fickle. Our feelings move us in ways that we don't need to go. And God, I pray that you would help us not to build our life on feelings, but build our lives on truth. Father, for any in this room that are believing those lies that that they feel, I feel like I'm unloved. I feel like God is far. I feel like God doesn't hear me. Lord, I pray that they would come back to a truth that they would know that you love them, that they would know that you are near, that they would know that you hear them and that truth they'd build their life on. God, I pray for those in this room who maybe are living a life of compromise because they're lacking a conviction of who you are and who you've called them to be. And so God, I pray, give us a conviction, Lord, in our hearts, the depth of who we are, that we won't fill ourselves on compromise, but we will be full of conviction. Lord, help us to be a church in the midst of a shifting, changing culture that stands firm in the truth of who you are your word, your eternal promises, and who you've called us to be. God, in a shifting culture, in a changing world, help us to stay constant. Maybe be built on the conviction of who you are, your word and your truth. Help us, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, empower us to live the life you've called us to live. I know it's not easy, but Lord, we deny ourselves. We deny the easy. We take up that cross and we follow you. I want to pray one more prayer. Just want your eyes closed and head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him or maybe you be honest today and say, Steve, my life is actually far from God. I've walked with him before, but I'm, I'm far from him today. And you're here today and you know this is your day. You've got to get right with God. God's calling you, God's leading you, God's speaking to you. It's time to get right with God. The truth is friends, God loves you, God made you, God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up, we all sin, we all fall short. And our sin, it separates us from God, but God in his grace sent his own son Jesus to a cross. When he went to that cross and he died on that cross, he took upon himself everything you and I would do for our sin. He paid the debt, then he conquered death in the grave and he rose again to new life. And friends, he extends to everyone here today, not judgment, Not condemnation, but grace. Forgiveness for your wrongs. A new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you a brand new person from the inside out. Get to walk into the plans that God has for you. God's got a plan for your life. And then, friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and you're not right with God, but you want to get right with Him today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life today. I ask you to take control. I place you on the throne of my life. Forgive me of all my wrongs and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just have your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, I'm so, so proud of you. And I want to invite you to take one little step of faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're serious about it, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I want you to be really brave right where you are. And I want you to put your hand up nice and high. And I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up, nothing like that. All I want to do is I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, you can put your hand back down. This is a little step of faith. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two. Three, hands up nice and high right now, saying, Steve, that's me. Yep, my man, God bless you. Thank you so much. And when I was saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Count me in. Hands up nice and high so I can see it. Awesome. Thank you, my man. God bless you, bro. Yep, to my right. Thank you so much. Amazing. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for those who've said yes to you. We thank you for those online who are responding. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you bless them, you would fill them. May they know the forgiveness that comes from you, Jesus, but may they also know the full, free, and abundant life that you give. We ask this all in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for those people <laughs> that just said yes to Jesus. So good. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages.